What's up? Welcome to week two in our Friendology series. Um, I'm glad you made it tonight. My name is Caleb. I'm the student pastor here. And if it's your first time, welcome. So thankful you're here. Y'all having a good uh, weekend so far? Are you kidding me? Is that what I got? Like you got you got tomorrow off. Like, come on with it. Hey, so if if you didn't catch that announcement, uh, what you need to know is we are going to cook out after this. Like, it's not an official church function, but some of us are going to hang out. So if you want to come hang out, cook out on Battlefield right after church. And we're yeah, there it is. All right, sweet. Hey, so what you need to know about tonight is I'm actually not speaking to you tonight, but my friend Troy is. Y'all give it up for Troy. Maybe we should cheer for him after, see how he does. I don't know. All right, so before we get started, I'm going to pray for him, pray for y'all, and then he's going to get going. God, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for my friends here, for bringing them here safely tonight. Lord, I ask that um, despite weather, despite temperatures, God, that you would get us home safely as well. Lord, I thank you for a day um, to take a break tomorrow, to rest. Lord, I ask that you would uh, help us to use that wisely. God, I pray that you give us ears to hear your word, a mind to comprehend it, Lord, a heart to understand it, God, that you would change us so that we may be more like you, God, that you would help us to make wise decisions um, in our friendships and, and in the people we choose to hang out with um, through the encouragement in your word now. God, so bless this time. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. All right. How are you guys doing tonight? Oh, yeah. That was, that was about as bad as the middle school. How are you guys doing tonight? All right, we'll work on it, we'll work on it. Anyway, like Pastor Caleb said, my name is Troy, and I have the awesome opportunity of speaking to you guys tonight, and so really looking forward to that. If you don't know who I am, that would probably make sense. Um, I've only been coming to River Oak for a little bit now, and uh, just really excited about the opportunity I have to speak to you tonight. Uh, I've got to meet some of you uh, over the past couple weeks, and um, some of you I've known for a while, so, but the, for the majority, I do not know who you are. And you don't know who I am. So in order to speak to you tonight, I really feel like I need to get to know you at least a little bit. And so in order to do that, I need everyone on the count of three just to tell me your first name as loud as you possibly can and shout it out. All right? Can you do that for me? All right. One, two, three. All right. I got it. I got it. I got it. We're good. Now that I know everyone's name, I am able to uh, speak to you tonight and I'm really excited about that. And you guys obviously know what series we started last week. Can someone tell me? It's on the screen. Friendology. Very good. Very good. And so, yes, I have the opportunity to pick up where Pastor Caleb left off with you last week and start in week two. And today we're talking about picking good friends. And so that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I'm really excited about that. And so uh, in the definition that we started with last week, kind of the basis for the entire series was friendship is when you consider another person's well-being to be as valuable as your own. And so that's kind of the definition that we were able to come to uh, last week, and it's kind of the basis, again, for this entire series. So that's something to know. Friendship is when you consider another person's well-being to be as valuable as your own. And so that got me to thinking, like, the friendships and relationships that we have, and the, you know, and the friends that we have are really important. Like, they help make up who we are as people. And so I think that, I really honestly think that there's never a more important time, you know, that your friends impact you personally 
than when you're in middle school and when you're in high school. You know, I think that the friendships we create during those years and the friendships that we have uh, really have an impact on who we are. And so the friends that you have help shape who you are and who you're going to be. And a lot of times we don't think about that. A lot of times we just think, okay, the friends I have now, like, they might not be my friends later, but they are impacting the way that you're going to act later and the type of person that you're going to be in the future. And so, again, that speaks to the importance of friends, and that speaks to the importance of having good friends around us. And so, again, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I realize that isn't always the easiest thing to do. You know, some of you in this room maybe grew up with the same friends. Anyone have a friend that they uh, have had since they were like five or six years old? Anybody? Yeah, so there's quite a few of us. I'd say about half of us, you know, are still really close friends with someone that we grew up with from a, from a very young age. And so a lot of times we don't really realize that we have an opportunity to pick our friends and choose our friends. It's kind of like, okay, we hung out a couple times and we just became friends. And so a lot of times that's how it, how it works. And so I also want you guys to know that I am not that old. I'm only 22. And so I remember high school like it was yesterday. You know, I remember, not remember the friends. I still have a lot of the same friends. I'm not trying to depress you. But, you know, a lot of the friends that I had in high school aren't really my friends now. It's kind of just how it works. And so, you know, I do remember high school like it was yesterday. And I remember, you know, during this time, you really, really begin to identify yourself, of course. Like, you begin to start thinking about college. You begin to start thinking about what you're going to do with your life besides stay on your parents' couch, you know, because I would advise not to do that. I'm currently living at home, but, you know, I'm trying to get out soon. (laughs) And so, you know, you begin to form the type of person you're going to be And, you know, I'll be honest with you guys, when I was in high school, I really cared a lot about what people thought about me. And I think that's normal. I cared a lot about the image and and the way that people perceived me. And so I would, you know, I would come into high school and I would want people to identify me with a certain group. And I think that's normal. I would want to be identified with, you know, the cool kids or the athletes or the smart kids or whatever it would be we tend to feel more comfortable when we're able to identify with a certain group. Does that make sense? Someone say that makes sense. sense. There we go, there we go. And so your identity is often found in the people that you surround yourself with. And so for me, another area that I identified with was baseball. So I played baseball growing up my entire life, and so that was another group of people that I was able to grow up with and, and, and you know, play baseball with and go to school with and, and spend time on and off the field together and spend time in the classroom and spend time just outside of school just doing life together. And so I, I, I dressed like them, I talked like them, and it was just really, really normal to see us together and it was really, really normal for us to listen to the same music or, or just, you know, really, really act the same. And I think that that's normal as well. I think that sometimes we may not even notice the impact that our friends have on us in that way. We don't notice like, hey, like, we sound alike, we talk alike, and it's just because you're in that group with them and, and that's who you surround yourself with. And so when you think about it, it really makes sense. And so I know, you know that we've all got our circle of friends, we've all got that people, all got those people groups that we identify with. But maybe what you've never thought about is what does God desire for our friendships? You know, because a lot of times our friendships just come easily and we, and we don't think about something like this. We don't think about what God wants for our friendships. We don't think about what God wants 
for our relationships or, or whatever it may be with friendships, relationships, with anybody in this world. We don't think about that. And, and some of you are sitting in here and you really don't think about that. You know, you think about, you know, some of you are saying, well, Troy, basically the extent of my friendship is that we play Fortnite and drink Mountain Dew together. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, that's pretty much the base of our friendship and we're okay with that. Like, we've never thought about this question because that's all we do. You know, and maybe it's not Fortnite, maybe it's something else, but a lot of times we identify with people, we get to know them, we hang out together, and that's it. We don't think about God and how he fits into the equation. And so with that, if you don't realize that, you don't realize that God wants to be at the center of our friendships. God wants to be at the center of the friendship between you and the person next to you. He wants to be at the center, and we need oftentimes to do a better job of including him. And so if you'll turn with me, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to James chapter four. And we're gonna be picking up in verse four of James four. And before we get there, I just kinda wanted to set the scene for us and, and let you know kinda what's going on in the book of James, and in particular chapter four. So in chapter four, we're learning about the world around us. And so a lot of times the world around us is viewed in a negative way, of course, from the Christian point of view. And so we're learning about the friends, around, we're learning about the people around us, the world around us, and, and sometimes our friends or even ourselves can get caught up and consumed by the world around us. And James also identifies the world around us as, as really the opposite of God and the opposite of a relationship with Jesus. And so we're gonna read just a few verses, verses four through eight, And so follow along with me. Adulterers, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. Or do you think it's without reason the scripture says that the spirit who lives in us yearns jealousy? But he gives greater grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, therefore, Submit to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Verse eight, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, sinners, and purify your hearts, double-minded people. And so I realize that's a lot that's packed in just in those few verses. You know, and, and the thing that jumps out to me is in verse four. In verse four, and that's really where I want to focus tonight, it says, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God. It goes on to say, so whoever wants to be the world's friend becomes God's enemy. And so when we become friends with the world, this passage says that we go against God. We go against what God's plan and God's desire for our friendships and our relationships if we're too consumed with the world. And so based on this passage of scripture, we can, we can make the statement that friendship with the world is when you put your trust in something other than Jesus. No matter what it is, when we put our trust in something that's not Jesus, we're a friend of the world. And that's what it all boils down to here in verse four of James four. And so a lot of times when we become a friend of the world, that simply means that we lose focus. You know, if you claim to be a Christian and you lose focus of Jesus, then you become a friend of the world because a friend of the world is an enemy of Jesus. 
And so whatever that looks like for you personally, like that's just when we put our guard down, when we mess up, when we take our eyes off Jesus. And if we're honest with ourselves, it becomes a lot easier to take our eyes off Jesus if we're spending time with people who don't know Jesus. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. One person agreed with me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if we're in the world and we're consumed with friendships and relationships that are of this world, it becomes easier for us to take our eyes off Jesus. And I can tell you that in high school, when I was messing up, when I was putting my guard down, and even now, and even for all Christians today, when we're putting our guard down and we're letting the world consume us rather than being filled with Jesus, you know, that happens a lot of times because of the people that we surround ourselves with. It happens a lot of times because of the people that we're friends with that do not know Jesus. And so even from a worldly perspective, people would say, oh, like, you're friends with the quarterback. You're friends with, you know, the pretty girl at school. You're friends, you know, you date her or whatever, blah, blah, blah. People don't, people view that as a positive thing. People view that as a positive thing from a worldly perspective, but if these people that we're friends with aren't filled with Jesus, aren't pursuing Jesus on a daily basis, then we need to be careful with who we surround ourselves with. And so I know that, you know, I would fall into that a lot, and even though they were having a positive impact on my life from an outside perspective, you know, on the inside, if I wasn't following Jesus, a lot of times it was because the people that I was surrounding myself with were not pointing me to Jesus. And so when this happened, I even tried to have kind of the best of both worlds. You know, because I grew up in the church, I grew up in a Christian home, I tried to have the best of both worlds, and so on Sunday, I'm Mr. Christian. On Sunday, I'm pursuing Jesus, like it's clear to the people around me. But then Monday comes around and and I, I, I decide to act different. I decide to act like a person of this world because I wanted to fit in to that group. I wanted to fit in with those people that I was talking about earlier, those friends that I had when I was in high school. Like I wanted, in order to fit in with them, I had to act a certain way, I had to be a certain way, I had to dress a certain way. And so in order to fit in with the people of this world, I had to act like that. And so six out of the seven days of the week, I would act like that in order to earn people's respect rather, rather than seeking after Jesus, rather than seeking his love first. And I know that's crazy, and, but I just wanted to give you kind of like the spark notes ending to that. Um, if I can just tell you one thing, and you can learn one thing tonight, it would be you can't have both of those things. You can't. And I'm a living testament to that. You can't have Jesus and the world. You can't please everyone 100% in those two categories. You can't do it. You know, and there comes a point that you're going to have to choose, and there comes a point where a decision is going to have to be made because Jesus wants all of us. Jesus doesn't want us on Sundays. Jesus doesn't want us 50% of the week. Oh, like, okay, you're doing pretty good. But no, Jesus wants us every single day. He wants us to follow him every single day. And so I think that the main reason for me personally and many of you in this room can probably attest to it, the main reason that we do that, the main reason that we try to have our foot in both areas, the main reason that we try to be of this world when we claim to be a Christian 
is again because of the people we surround ourselves with. You know, and eventually I realized like, man, like this isn't working, this isn't it. Eventually I realized that there had to be a decision that I was gonna make to follow Jesus 100%, 100% all in for Jesus. And I had to make that decision and I can promise you that there's nothing of this world that's better than that. Jesus is better than anything that the world has to offer you, anything that your friends have to offer you that belongs to the world. Jesus is better than that. And so too often I was distracted by the things this world was throwing at me. And so in John 14, 15, there's a verse that we're all familiar with, uh, you know, a very common church verse, and it says, it's Jesus talking, and he, said, is, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Pretty simple, right? If you love me, you're gonna do what I say. If you love me, you're gonna do what the Bible says. And that's essentially what Jesus is saying here. You know, it's a really simple statement, but a lot of times it's really, really hard to do. And something this verse also alludes to is that with all the things the world is throwing at us, with all the things that our friends may be throwing at us, you know, you name it, this passage is telling us to to stick to Jesus even when everything around us, everything we're surrounding ourselves with tells you not to. Everyone else says, like, do this, do that, do this, do that. But if it's not of Jesus, then ultimately it's not what we're supposed to be doing according to this verse. And again, I think, I think too often we say, okay, God, like, again, Sunday, we're good. Sunday, I'm all yours. But the rest of the week, like, God goes on a shelf. We go over here and we act like we don't need him. We don't identify with that because this group that I'm hanging out with, this group, God, like, they don't identify with that. They don't want me to talk about you here, so I'm not gonna do it. Or else I'm gonna you know, lose my friends. I'm gonna lose this group. I'm gonna lose these people that I've grown up with or these people that I'm hanging out with. And too often, we do that. We, we, we put God on a shelf and save him for other times and save him for Sunday or save him for when we need him rather than, having him seven days out of the week. And so maybe you're here tonight and that's you, or maybe you're here tonight and you really don't know where to begin. You know, maybe you have friendships that, man, you're like, this friendship, this relationship isn't allowing me to follow Jesus to the best of my ability. But the people I'm surrounding myself with aren't pointing me to Jesus, they're pointing me to the things of this world. And so maybe you're having a hard time putting Jesus above everything else, having Jesus in your relationships, having Jesus in your friendships as the middle, as the cornerstone of your friendships and relationships. And so again, like, if I can encourage you with one thing, the best characteristic to have as a friend and to look for in a friend isn't that they're the quarterback, especially if they go to Hickory. It's not that they're the captain of the cheerleaders. It's not that they're the smartest kid in school. It's not, it's not that they're, yeah, we've been best friends for 10 years, man. Like I, you know, what better thing could you look for in a friend? The better thing that you can look for in a friend is is a person that loves Jesus and loves him unconditionally, loves him seven days out of the week, not just on Sundays. 
That's the best thing you can look for in a friend. And that's the best thing that each of us in this room can be as a friend. It can be to someone else. That's it. And so, ultimately, this is important because we can't walk well, we can't walk with Jesus well in this world alone. And that's our bottom line for today. We can't walk with Jesus well in this world alone. And time and time again in this book, we see the importance of relationships. We see the importance of friendships and and building a strong community around you. We see that that is important. You know, and in fact, that's why we're here tonight. That's why we have River Oak Church. That's why we have the harbor. You know, because we need a community around us that is pointing us to Jesus. We need accountability. And so again, we're not supposed to go through this alone. We need to be surrounded with people that point us to him.